The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the second chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For, you shall, for from you shall come a ruler, who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word, so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of him went the, them went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. And opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated, and um, children are welcome to come up for children's time. Grace and peace to you from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I know that our gospel reading today is all about the wise men, but this week my wife Jenny sent me a funny cartoon about what it would have been like if there had been three wise women instead. And uh, maybe you have seen this one. Have you seen this one? After the three wise men left, the three wiser women arrived. And they brought the very helpful and practical gifts of fresh diapers, casseroles for a week, and lots of formula. Uh, More practical than the lovely, yet far less helpful gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh that the wise men brought. Um, It reminded me of a funny spoof headline I saw this week about Epiphany. It said, scholars now believe Jesus ignored Magi's gifts, just played with the boxes that they came in. (laughs) Classic. But... What do you bring a newborn baby and its overwhelmed parents? (laughs) Um, We had our first daughter, Ellie, in 2003 when I was on my church internship in Massachusetts. And we were those tired and overwhelmed and anxious new parents. And one of the things that the church there did was they had a ministry that brought meals to new parents. And so after you had your kiddo and you came home, they'd give you a call. And they'd say, we'd like to bring you some meals. And people would sign up, and they'd bring you like six meals. So whatever interval kind of worked for you. And so over those days, church people would come over, and they'd bring their casserole, like the wiser women. And they'd get to hold the baby, and we had enough meals for weeks. And we knew that we weren't alone, that we had a whole village there supporting us. It was a beautiful thing, and it was a kindness that we have never forgotten. We were so touched that we started the same kind of ministry at my last church and then at the preschool that our kids attended. 
It was so great to offer that kind of support to families, to share in their wonder and joy and anxiety and to help relieve their worries, to let them know that we were with them. And when we had our twins, forget it. <laughs> My church said, okay, this is what we're doing and this is what we're coming over and that's the end of the story. And they put us on a schedule and people from my church magically came to our home day after day to cook and to clean and to hold the baby and to even do the laundry. Uh, and I never want somebody to do my laundry, but at that point I was so tired, it was like, just do it. I, it's fine, it's fine, thank you, thank you. Um, and so we were incredibly grateful in those moments as new anxious parents uh, and overwhelmed parents to have that kind of love and support of the church helping us and our church loved doing it. They loved being there and knowing that they could help. It was this beautiful exchange that happened. And the story of the wise men is another story of a beautiful kind of exchange. You know, they bring the gifts to the Christ child, the gold, the frankincense, and myrrh, but the Christ child gives them the gift of faith and hope and love. But to appreciate it, we really need to know a little bit more about the wise men and how they got there. Because as familiar as they are to us as part of the Christmas story, they're actually pretty mysterious characters. Matthew just describes them as wise men from the East. And so we're not really sure how long they traveled, when they arrived, or who they were. We don't know how many of them there were. Matthew doesn't say. There were three gifts, and so we say three wise men or three kings. But it could have been a whole caravan full of people that made that journey together. They've been called the three wise men, but also three kings, because they appear on par with King Herod in the story as they speak with him. And they're also referred to as the three magi, which is from the original Greek word that, where we get the word magic or magician from. And so they may have been magicians or astrologers or scientists. It's very possible that they were part of a priestly class in Persia of the Zoroastrian religion. Um, which seems particularly poignant given the news these days. The very first people to visit Jesus were very possibly Persian. And so Matthew's point being, because he doesn't have the shepherds, he just has the wise men coming, his point being that this news of the birth of Jesus was not just a local event and not just a Jewish event, but it was a global event, that the birth of Jesus foreshadowed how Jesus' message would spread all around the world. Over time, the church has filled in the blanks of the wise men's stories with different legends. We've given them the names Balthazar, Melchior, and Casper. We know they journeyed the star, which was kind of a divine GPS system that led them first to Jerusalem and then to the manger in Bethlehem. But first, they encounter the truly terrible King Herod, which must have been a major disappointment after traveling all that way but it was there that they learned that their true destination was not Jerusalem, but Bethlehem, and the true king they were looking for was not Herod, but Jesus. And so when they finally reach Bethlehem and they see where the star has stopped over the manger, it says in the story that they were overwhelmed with joy. And that's my favorite part of the whole story. They were overwhelmed with joy. They had had such a long journey following that star they had this false start with King Herod in Jerusalem and then had to travel even further. And they finally arrive and they meet this new baby 
who will change and save the world, and they are overwhelmed with joy. In some ways, these three wise men, or however many there were, were the first Christian pilgrims, traveling through unknown and foreign lands in the hope that the star would lead them somewhere and to someone, and it did. And what they found was more delightful and more wonderful than they had imagined. I can only imagine what they thought and felt when they finally looked into this baby's eyes. Over this past Christmas break, our family had a lot of good baby time. Um, I have a new nephew, Benji. He turns one later this month. And so it was really nice to, again, have a baby at Christmas time, though not our baby, and that was even nicer. Um, <clears throat> but we got a lot of good cuddles with Benji. And, you know, basically right now he can smile and he can point, and that's his move. That's what he does, and he's really cute. But, you know, when you look at a kid that young, I kind of just would think about, you know, who is he going to become? And what is the world that he will know? What experiences will he have that will shape him? I think about all his potential and what problems we're going to solve and cure before he grows up and then what problems he's going to have to solve and fix when he grows up. But mainly it was this experience of joy and pure hopefulness that he brought to us. So, of course, I get all theological and philosophical about it. Jenny's like, pass me the diapers. (laughs) Wise men, wiser woman. Yeah. And so the wise men arrive. They place the gifts at the manger. Gold, the symbol of kingship. Frankincense, which is an incense that was used in worship. Uh, to proclaim his deity, and myrrh, which was an anointing oil for God's chosen one, but also an embalming oil to foreshadow his death and resurrection. And I like how one commentator says that the Magi actually brought not three, but four gifts. He says they also paid him the gift of homage. He said they expressed their relationship to the Christ child by kneeling and homage to him. He says first homage, first worship, first giving themselves utterly and completely to Jesus, and then, only then, offering their regal gifts. And finally, in the story, in another great turn of phrase, it says that the wise men, after this whole experience and journey, they went home by another way, by another road. They didn't go back east via Jerusalem so as not to provide information to King Herod, but they went home by another way, physically, but also spiritually, in the sense that because of this encounter with Jesus, they were transformed and changed and would never be the same. They left the manger and went home by a different way. And each year in the Christmas season, we make our own journey to the manger. And I wonder how this Christmas season that we've just experienced together has affected you. Often, you know, we build up Christmas so much, and then it's boom, Christmas Eve, Christmas, and, you know, we're lucky if we can remember there are actually 12 days to the Christmas season. And we get to the beginning of a new year, and we quickly turn the page to the new year on the calendar, and then off we go. But it's worth taking a moment this morning to reflect on what we've experienced these last couple of weeks, and to ask, what are the gifts that you received in this season, the gifts that don't appear under the tree? What are the gifts that you have given? How have you been changed and shaped 
And how will that shape you in the month or the season or the year to come? What are the gifts of the Christmas season that we experienced as we came to the manger together that will sustain you in this year? And how will you go home by another way? A friend of mine recently suggested that rather than thinking about New Year's in terms of resolutions, that we think about it in the spirit of epiphany as a time of revelations. That we not only think about what we want to do to improve ourselves, but to pay greater attention to how God is at work in us and in the world, to receive the gifts that we do not have to earn, but are freely given. Gifts of God's love, gifts of moments of light breaking through the darkness like the star in the Bethlehem sky, moments of surprising and unearned grace, moments where we find ourselves suddenly standing on holy ground. As we begin a new year, Let's be on the lookout for big and small revelations of God's presence and love all around us. Let's resolve to make our way through the world in a way that is kinder to strangers, gracious to our neighbors, gentler on the earth, at a pace that is more sustainable for our souls, that reflects God's promise of peace and love. And to make room for Sabbath time and time just to be overwhelmed by beauty and joy. And finally, I want to conclude with a really nice reflection by the poet Katie Cook, who sums up this day and this season so beautifully, and she writes this. Let us go in peace now, for our eyes have seen God's salvation. We have stood dumbstruck before the manger. We have exchanged glances with the shepherds, and looked sheepishly out of the corners of our eyes at the wise men. We have listened with terror and delight to the messengers with their extraterrestrial song. We who have walked so often and so long in terrible darkness have been flooded with holy light. Let us go in peace now. We have brought our gifts to the manger, and for some of us, it was merely our broken selves. But now, like the shepherds, we must go back to our fields. Like the Magi, we must go home another way. Let us go in peace now. May this holy child guide our steps into the new year and give us the courage to give birth to God's kingdom. Amen.